The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and want to give a shout out once again to all the listeners out there continuing to support the show. We've been getting a lot of great feedback from our Janet Jackson review for The Velvet Rope. Guys, thank you so much for continuing to tune in. We appreciate you all spreading the word out there amongst your friends, family, all your colleagues for continuing to get the word out there all across the world, stateside and worldwide. So thank you all for continuing to show us love. And we want you to continue to spread the word. I mean, tell everyone about it. If you guys love 90s and 2000s hip-hop, R&B, and reggae, yes, we even have more reggae coming up later this fall. Make sure that you tell people to hit us up. Check out the show. As always, you can check us out at our website, vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Again, you can go there, check out the back catalog, read more about the show and some of our guests. You can also leave us a review, a voice note, and you can also go to our Buy Me A Coffee page to support the show monetarily to make sure we can keep the vault open and running for years and years to come. So make sure you go there. You can also get to all the socials as well. All of our social network pages, you can get there from vaultclassicpod.com. As we always like to say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today, we're going to go back to 1992 and 30 years ago. And we're going to go back to an album that became the start of an MC that 30 years afterwards started at a high level, continued at a high level, and almost now 30 years after he started as a solo artist, is still rapping at a high level. And it all started here with this album. So we're going to go back to October 9th, 1992. And the debut studio album of none other than from the Brick City, Redman, Reggie Noble himself. What? The album. Released on Rush and Chaos Recordings, distributed by Columbia Records. It's recorded between 1991 and 1992. The studios it was recorded at between a number of different studios Ian London Studios, North Shore Soundworks, Powerplay Studios, with a runtime of 51 minutes and 42 seconds. The producers on this largely was Redman himself, but also had production from Eric Sermon and Parrish Smith, EPMD playing a very pivotal role in Redman getting his solo deal and then eventually being signed to Def Jam. And Pete Rock also co-produced the track on this as well. We'll get into a little bit of the background of Redman and also the production of this what the album released on October 9th as according to RIAA there are a couple of different sources out there that have different release dates we also have had October 6th 1992 and also the date has been references widely around the internet has been September 22nd 1992 
but RIAA has it as being released on October 9th, 1992. And so that's the date that we're going with in regards to the official date of this release for this album. So Redman, what the album? This is where it all started for Reggie Noble himself. Redman, a very accomplished MC, a very respected MC in the industry. And as it all started, it didn't start from as an MC. It started with him basically DJing. He DJed a lot of clubs and parties coming up. And he started rapping right around the age of 16. He was really heavily influenced by Biz Marquis. And you can tell that influence in his raps, especially the comedic part of his raps. As we all know, Biz Marquis was famously called the clown prince of hip hop. And he was a big influence on Rep Band and his style. Right around 1990, he was DJing for Do It All from Lords of the Underground at a club where MC Light was headlining the show. Now, there was a freestyle cipher that happened backstage, and he happened to be a part of that freestyle cipher. And Eric Sermon was so impressed with them that he invited him to perform during their set. Not too long afterwards, EPMD takes Redman in, and he becomes a member of the famous hit squad. They brought him out to freestyle and DJ at their shows. And then he also had two guest spots on the Business as Usual album that came out for EPMD. He was on Hardcore and then also Brothers on My Jock. That helped to gain him some exposure in the underground. Then afterwards, he signed to Def Jam and then he became recording of what would be known as this album here. He also, before this album came out, was a guest on one of his best verses of his career still, even 30 years later, on Headbanger, which is on the EPMD album business never personal that definitely got his name buzzing in the streets and got him out there as people need to look out for him even after he had been on business as usual two years prior recording for the album started right around 1991 continued into 92 and for the most part when he was producing this album what eric sermon would do and eric sermon was the producing mastermind behind many of epmd's classics had him in the studio and for the most part kind of just left him in the studio to his own devices. He received co-production credit for this, uh, for most of the album songs, but Redman was pretty much left alone to do a lot of the writing and also the recording process. And he said, for the whole album, I was under a lot of pressure to learn and learn quickly. Eric showed me a couple of recording moves, then he threw me in the studio and just left me there. I had to learn to do it myself. He said, Eric was always there if I really needed him, so it wasn't that bad. But he had his own shit to deal with, and I figured I was okay on my own. So then he also later said, when I first started doing the album, I was mad at Eric for leaving me in the studio. I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? I had an album to hit the world with, and it was just up to me. He said, but I'm glad I did it because I learned everything I needed to do. So you have Rep Man writing these rhymes, eventually producing a lot of these songs, and then also, from what I understand, since he had a DJing background, also doing a lot of the scratching and stuff on this album as well. So he really was a triple threat. So that laid the background and groundwork for this album to from the hit the world with. And what happened is that it came out and he has started a career since then that has given him a solid foundation as one of the most respected MCs, not just of the 90s, but of all times. And it's for those of us who have been on and have watched Reggie Noble still spit 30 years later. He still got it. He's got his fastball. He doesn't sound dated at all. And without a shadow of a doubt, he still gives us that core what made a lot of his fans of his in the first place. So now we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So my first thoughts on what the album. Now, to be honest, 
the first album that I listened to when I heard Redman and really dug into it, I would say in depth, was There is a Dark Side, which is Redman's second album, which came out in 1994, so two years later. Noticeably so, many people who compare the first three albums of Redman's who... When you talk about his catalog, his catalog is definitely well-respected and up there, but a lot of people point to the first three as the crown jewels of his catalog. They'll say that this album was so markedly different than what the album, There is a Dark Side, was because of the content and also because of the stage that Redman was going through in his career at that time. As I got into Dare as a Dark Side and then eventually followed it up with Muddy Waters, and if you all heard my review of Muddy Waters last year, and if you haven't, please go into archives and go check it out. <laughs> I hold that album in very high regard and for good reason. Now, that also made me go to dig back into the archives and listen to what the album to get a better, clear understanding of what Red Man was like at the beginning. Now, I remember hearing Headbanger and I remember seeing advertisements for Red Man's album coming out very vaguely in 1992, but it really wasn't at the front of my consciousness with so many things that were coming out during that year that I probably had my attention set on at a very early age. But then as time went on, I would say in the late 90s, I first dug into what the album and listening to it from front to back. And what I thought when I first heard it even back then was that, okay, this is a lot of the same Red Man that I'm used to hearing on the last two albums that I listened to, There's a Dark Side of Muddy Waters, but it was slightly a little bit of a different flow, not too different, but at the el- at the core of it, the elements were all still there. You had definitely the hard-hitting rhymes, um, hardcore style. You had the comedic element in there as well. The skits, of course, were on this album. And so what I walked away from after I listened to what the album the first time is that, okay, now I can see where he got all of this from. Like he laid this foundation. This was an artist that had a formula. He knew what he wanted to follow with that formula. And he continued that through his first three albums, but just only got better in far as the song structure to the production and everything else. But also listening to the production on this, I was very, very surprised to listen to like the amount of funk material that was on here. Hence the reason why I'm like, hey, this is probably the big reason why Reggie has the name Funk Dr. Spot. (laughs) Uh, His music was very, very funky. A lot of this was based, you know, samples with Parliament and, you know, George Clinton and funk records of the 70s. And it was all very, very hard hitting. For me, it sounded a lot more like what they were doing or starting to do on the West Coast of that time. Like as we got into 92 and 93, you would hear and see Dr. Dre and West Coast artists with Snoop very heavily influenced by the funk movements of the 70s, George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. And you heard a lot of that, quite honestly, in Redman's album before those albums even came out. I mean, the movements were happening at the same time, but it was definitely something that at that time of the 90s was a winning formula. And to hear that with Redman's lyrics over those beats was a winning formula. And then I guess the other thing that I sort of walked away from is that, yo, man, this dude is a fool, man. (laughs) Redman, without a shadow of a doubt, is one of the most entertaining rappers to listen to. Now, I want you all to understand what I'm saying by saying that. He is entertaining to listen to. And I'm not talking about just the inflections of his voice, like the intonations. It's all of that. It's the way that he structures his verses. It's the way that he ties in his comedic elements with his rhymes. And he makes it work. It's not corny either. And then the skits. 
<laughs> I mean, come on, man. The skits. The skits on Redman's albums will always have you cracking up, and at least two or three of them will stay with you for a very, very long time. There's no difference with that on this album where it all started. I mean, when you get into here and you hear see hear these skits, you know, the <laughs> this the interviewer, Superman Lover interview, Sest One Night and Psycho Dub and Newsbreak and the whole beginning of it with Dr. Trevis. Like you get it, like those skits work. And with Redman, he always finds a way to, I would say, cleverly introduce those interludes and skits going into the next song. It really is something that when you're talking about putting in a whole package of an album and the whole picture being put together is just part of making that album like the complete package. And so Redman definitely did his thing there. And for me, I was just like, okay, this solidifies why I'm a fan of this dude. Because while the flow changed up a little bit, I mean, obviously times changed from 1992 with What the Album into 1998 with Doc's The Name. The beats are going to change a little bit more. I mean, but other than that, though, you got the same artist. And that's the thing that I think all of us Redman fans love the most. He's consistent. He hasn't changed in 30-something years. He's the same dude, man, from Newark, New Jersey, that is going to be grimy, rugged, raw, and it's going to rhyme his ass off every time he gets on a beat. And it's a lot of that here, man. The funk on this album, the production, the fact that he did so much of this himself, even though Eric Sermon is credited on this for so many tracks with co-producer, but the fact that he was in here producing a lot of these tracks himself, yeah, that's that's crazy. But also considering the fact that he was also a DJ doesn't surprise me much at all either because if you look at some of the best producers in hip-hop history, the majority of them started out as DJs. And it's natural when you're thinking about so much of hip-hop production, even back then, was based around sampling. As a DJ, you dig for samples. You dig for records. So have for as a producer having to do that, having that DJ background, it's only a natural transition. So props to Reggie definitely for that. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And for putting out a dope album like this, 21 tracks, but only 51 minutes and 42 seconds. A lot of those skits factor into those, but you also got to give credit to Reggie for not prolonging this out any longer than it needed to be. So... First time album, first time producing an album, kudos. Because there's not many people that can step into the studio for the first time and really do an album like this and produce it and have it turn out the way that it did. Highlights and lowlights. So for highlights on what the album, I mean, obviously there are some great highlights to talk about. But first of all, we want to talk about as far as what the singles were, which I didn't get into it in the beginning. But the singles, the first one, Blow Your Mind, released in August of 92. The biggest single out of this, definitely, Time for Some Action, released January 1993. And then in May of 1993 is the third and last single, Tonight's the Night. To me, those are all highlights. Definitely Time for Some Action. This is a song 30 years later (laughs) that has so much traction. And when you talk about people that when they listen to this song, really gets you in a sort of a type of mood. Like the type of dance routines I've seen created off of this, which is wild. Um, But it's just a song that now, 30 years afterwards, you listen to that song, you get a certain type of feeling. It definitely is, I would say, Redman's first big hit. And it's a hit that has turned into a classic. That's all you can really say about that. Time for Action is definitely a classic and still a banger 30-something years later. 
Blow Your Mind, obviously an incredible track there. Gotta love like the way that they integrated the sample of the payback with James Brown and then Big Bang Theory and the Black Hole from Parliament. Parliament was sampled a lot on this album. Computer Love by Zap. I mean, it's crazy, man. The fact that they it's so many different songs were used in Blow Your Mind. That's what makes this one of my favorite songs on the album sonically to listen to. From Outstanding and the Gap Band, Sing a Simple Song by Sly and the Family Stone, oh, using the percussion samples. It's just like, yo, man, this dude Reggie was a fool in here producing this. And then obviously, lyrically, I even think one of his best songs on the album as well. Then when you get into Tonight's Tonight, I mean, another great song, another one that you sit there and look at, just layered with lots and lots of samples. Another one with Payback by James Brown, Tonight's Tonight by Radio, A Few More Kisses to Go by Isaac Hayes, the samples in here. And then, of course, it's a song that a lot of other rappers have used as samples on their own songs and have used as references on their songs as well. Matter of fact, Redman sampled Tonight's Tonight on the song The Bump on Muddy Waters. If you all listen, you can hear that. That vocal sample comes from Tonight's Tonight. A great song, definitely a dope-ass song on here, a good single as well. But to get into the non-singles as far as my highlights, I love So Rough. That does feature DJ Scratch. He's one of the few times that Redman himself is not doing the scratches on this album. But I love that. Um, great lyrics on there. Reggie definitely gets his man. To me, one of the more jarring lyrically out songs on here is, no, is track number six, Rated R. It is really something where you start to look at, like we talk about Redman, everybody know he's funny, like he has this comedic relief about him. I mean, he's been in like, you know, comedic roles in movies and everything. But when you get into songs like this and you listen, just like songs with Headbanger and you understand that, yo, even at his core, like... Redman is a hardcore rapper you know what I'm saying and then you get into this and you see just hard lyrically he can go and that rated R is one of the hardest ones on here when it comes to lyrically how hardcore he goes definitely one of my highlights there I do like Jam For You as well the samples on that Redman's flow hardcore is definitely another song on there that I love when you get into other songs A Day of Superman Lover <laughs> the Superman Lover series continued throughout Redman's albums and he gave you these tales obviously about him meeting female companions and about what happens then the song always flips in the middle of the song the beat switches and then also he takes it to where the story goes to the next level and meets his climax and then there's some payoff at the end just another part of course of Redman being creative and being able to paint a picture of a story. And that's another thing that Redman doesn't really get a lot of credit for. The fact that he tells great stories in a lot of these lyrics and a lot of these songs that gives a visual experience of what the hell is actually going. Visually, he definitely is very great in painting pictures when he writes these rhymes. So those are my immediate highlights. The other highlights that well I have as well, and you have to mention this, are definitely the skits. <laughs> I mean, the skits play a supporting role on all of Redman's albums, and they're an important part of why they're so memorable. Now, when you get into some of these skits on here, and especially the ones like Funky Uncles and Incest One Night, like you definitely get to see like how much fun he got and to be able to creatively make this album and make it his own. This really is a Redman hallmark. I mean, obviously he didn't create the skit. The skits were around years before Redman created this album, but there's not many people as good as making funny and entertaining skits as Redman does on albums. So that's definitely a highlight on this as well. You have to include that. If there is a low light on the album, I would have to say maybe 
I'm not really a big fan of I'm a bad. I mean, it's okay. Um, I'm just not really a huge, huge fan of it. I could have done away with the Blow Your Mind remix. I mean, it's the same song. I just, I would have, you know, probably maybe another, you know, another song, original song on there, but not really a lot of things to nitpick at. I mean, there's really even things that I don't have to have it gone. I just, you know, hey, if they weren't there, it wouldn't be a bad thing. You know, it's it's not worse for the wear. Definitely my highlights, not really a lot of lowlights, man. A lot of great rhyming on here by Rep Man. Production on here is amazing. The amount of time that they spent on using the different samples to layer these samples and songs, definitely impressive, especially for somebody who's producing an album for the first time. Notable quotables. So my notable quotable, I mentioned it earlier in Rated R. And the reason why I say this is because this is a verse that if you're listening to it, then if you're reading it, it's just like, this is, um, this is crazy. This is like why we say Redman at his core is still a hardcore artist, despite the comedic relief and entertainment that you get from his skits and from the what he brings as far as laughs on the album. He definitely is a hardcore artist and a hardcore rhymer, and he goes with the best of them. This is definitely an example of that. So he says, don't hold me back. The Funkadelic Devil just snapped with the rap that's shitting on the story of Jack Spratt. So put your money where your mouth is. Watch Redman house shit. And if it's a beast, I'll punch you in your mouth, kid. I got a heart, but my heart's made out of nails. Word to Jamel, my heart pumped nails and my blood rails. I'm not a warrior or variant type of nigga. I'm just the type to smoke your family to fuck your sister. <laughs> that's what type of shit I'm on, word is born. Been thinking about playing that nice guy role and having on. Because ever since I was an infant, I was different. Paid no attention to my mom's when she ripped it. I was a hardhead mother F, but had to step. Because she hit me with the left, then another left. That's why my brain is out of order. Because it's just a quarter to manslaughter your little daughter. And do it drive by, fuck that, I walk by and spray shit. They carved my name in your pavement. I was rated X, but I flexed. I beat up the devil with the shovel, so he dropped me a level. Ain't that ill that I could just stand and watch a blood spill from a known rapper, but now the rapper's no frill. Just because I made the record, I'm a star. That's bullshit. What's the flavor, Tim? Fuck what you heard. This rated R. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, this is um the words in here. Like I said, that's why my brain is out of order because it's just a quarter to manslaughter your little daughter. I mean, it's wow, absolutely wow, man. So we get laughs and jokes from Red, but at the end of the day, he really ain't playing around with us, man. Not at all. <laughs> and for those of us who know and listen to Red Man nowadays, know he still gets busy and he definitely means business every time he's out there on his mic and when he performs. Final verdict. So my final verdict in regards to what I think about what the album, I have to look at it basically in its totality and look at the production, the lyrics, look at the influence and legacy that it had for me looking at this album considering Redman's career and then also looking at the quality of the album I would definitely rate it a certified classic and I would give it a rating of a 9 out of 10 and the reason why I say it's a certified classic is because man look at the quality of the album from a first time producer really I mean somebody who's in the studio who got a couple of tips from Eric Sermon and it was left his own devices to do it now to be able to write at that level to produce beats at that level to do scratches at that level and to also creatively sort of map out, produce, brainstorm everything down to the skits all at a high level makes it classic worthy just off of the performance alone. But we get into the quality of the album and the quality is still there. I mean, you look at the, just the singles itself have all 
I guess, somewhat of a classic status. Definitely time for some action. Tonight's the night, I would say, meet that criteria. Blow Your Mind is an incredible song, but the album songs on here, the album cuts are top-notch quality as well. You add that in with the skits and add that in with the production. It's something that is really an incredible effort. And from somebody at that time who was trying to make a name for himself and made a name for himself leading up to this would start a career that would lead into an avalanche and lead into becoming one of the most respected MCs of all time. Another thing that I think we need to understand is that we need to recognize Redman for all of his contributions and what he's done. He's not just one of the most respected MCs of all time. He's probably one of the more respected creators within hip hop. And that's talking about everything creating this content from the skits to the comedic content to repackages himself as this brand and then not evolving that brand to move along with the times but him continuing to be himself now, everybody talks about the mtv cribs episode and him pretty much keeping it 100 as they say keeping it raw and riggedy because <laughs> that's exactly what he did but he doesn't change Throughout 30 years, Reggie Noble has consistently been one of the top MCs out there, skill for skill, pound for pound, so much that people, skill, people even like Eminem have all mentioned Redman as an influence. And then when you see him on the stage now, specifically performing with Method Man, when they're doing things from Blackout and their other songs together, you know he still got it and he definitely gets busy. Somebody that has hip hop in his veins and lives it 24 seven. So certified classic from what the album for me Turning 30 years old this week, guys. Make sure you go check it out. Go listen to it and catch up with us on social media. Hit us up. Let us know what you think about the album. Give us your recollections of this. And if you have any favorite tracks you want to mention, go ahead and let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, on IG, on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.